The views and opinions views expressed on Analyze This are entirely those of the on-air participants and do not reflect those of the station's board, management, staff, or underwriters. of Analyze This here on your NPR station in the U.S. Virgin Islands, WTJX FM 93.1 with yours truly, Neville James. It's a gorgeous day in Paradise. was kind of kind of nippy last night when I was coming into Christian Stead. I saw, looked down on my dashboard and saw we were down in the low 70s, which is perfect, by the way. So, of course, this is where you want to be. This time of the year, as we close down on the AgFest 2024, which will run from uh, the 17th uh, through the 19th at the Rudy Shelterburn um, Agriculture Grounds down there in Estate. Uh, Lower Love, uh, great uh, conversations yesterday. We're going to continue uh, some more conversations this morning. We got uh, the USDA Food and Nutrition Service. Uh, big shots here in the studio, Miss Lizbeth Silverman. And she's joined by... Um, Miss Bonnie Bradwood and Miss uh, Cindy Taggett. I'm glad to have them here. And then at uh, 9 o'clock, we can talk with Dr. Jessica Samuel from Real R-E-E-L. So let's get right to the conversation. We're going to call the weather service um, at the closing part of this first hour so they can let us know what to expect for the weekend um, before we uh, talk with Miss Samuel. So um, good morning to you ladies. Uh, glad to have you and analyze this. Um, Miss Silberman, how are you? Very good. Great to be here this morning. Okay, good. So, USDA Food and Nutrition Service. Um, the significance of this particular division of USDA. Well, we we operate 16 nutrition assistance programs uh, across the country. And uh, they're an important part of feeding Americans to make sure they have the nutrition that they need to live healthy lives. Okay, okay, good. Ms. Bradford, I know you moved the chair. You could, if you could reposition it back over there, I'd, I'd appreciate that. Um, <clears throat> the, the United States Department of Agriculture plays multiple roles uh, in our existence uh, here uh well, not just here, but throughout the nation, uh, what have you. The current administration, they're doing things um, on, on multiple levels. Yesterday I had uh, Summer Sibley Brown uh, here, and we were talking about the food distribution networks that the, the, um, the administration has put in place, 12 regions, um, of which we're with the uh, island and remote areas. We're, we're in that particular uh, region. So, uh, first of all, if someone uh, is to call into to USDA and after listening to you today uh, and, and would want details, what would you tell them? Well, we, we operate our programs through the state agencies. So, it's really the, the state agencies here in Virgin Islands that are the ones that are on the ground making sure that people have access 
to their program, the programs and that they can apply and receive benefits. Uh, but we do have a lot of information if they contact us about what they, what they might be interested in, in applying for and what's available on the Virgin Islands. 16 different programs. You want, you want to run through them? I, uh, I can. I, I can. Go right ahead. Okay. So uh, the SNAP program is our largest food and nutrition program. Uh, we operate that. Uh, it's approximately a $100 million program across the country. The WIC program, the Farmer's Market Nutrition Program, which is an offshoot of, of WIC, the Senior Farmer's Market Program, the Child Adult Feeding uh, Program, the Fruits and Vegetables Program, the National School Lunch Program, and the School Breakfast Program, two separate programs, Special Milk Program, the Summer Food Service Program, and a new program that was authorized uh, this past year, the Summer EBT Program, which we're very excited about and we'll be talking about a lot at AgriFest, the Farm to School Program, the Community Supplemental Food Program, the Food, the uh, FDPIR, and I'm, uh, I might get the acronyms wrong on that, but that's essentially uh, food distribution program on Indian reservations. The TFAP program, which is a, a temp, uh, again, the acronyms are going to trip me up, uh, but it's essentially commodities that are distributed. What's, what's the name? It's uh, TFAP. Mm -hmm. And finally, the USDA Foods and Schools program. Yeah, make sure I got them all. 9, 10, 11, 12, 13, 14, 15, 16 on the head. So you're good. You're, you're, you're validated right there. So so we're good. I'm just having fun uh, with that. No. I, no it, um, it's definitely a challenge to remember no, them all. No, 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 we're good. And, and you actually, the, the, the acronym for uh, FDPIR, uh, when you broke it out, uh, it was actually accurate as well. So you're good. Um, no, numerous school programs I see here. Yes, yes, and that's definitely a cornerstone of our our mission mm -hmm. is to make sure that kids are getting the nutrition and food that they need to live healthy and productive lives. The educational component um, with these programs, um, how 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 is the the department um, making access uh, available to lay people? so that uh, uh, they're not uh, only learning about nutrition when they have a crisis, they can actually learn uh, in advance and, and be more knowledgeable about what they're consuming. You mean in terms of, of what they're Ac eating? Access, access to information. Yeah. yeah. Well, that is a, some of, we have a lot of materials on that and we'll be distributing those kinds of things at our AgriFest table, mm -hmm. making sure that uh, the all, all ages, uh, seniors, adults, and children uh, know what they're eating. Uh, some of our programs are really designed to uh, raise up that kind of awareness. Our farm to school program really uh, focuses on teaching kids um, in, in the classroom about where their food comes from and um, being more open to experimenting with food that they're not familiar with. Mm -hmm. Okay, good. Ms. Bradford, 
put on these headphones there so you can actually uh, hear that and, 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 and pull that microphone uh, to you because I want, I want to ask you uh, a, a question. Um, the SNAP program you mentioned, $100 million nationwide or, or $100 million for the Virgin Islands? It's um a hundred. I'm sorry. It's a hundred million for the Virgin Islands. For the Virgin and, Islands, yeah. It's about a hundred billion nationwide. Hundred billion uh, nationwide. Okay, okay, good. Yeah, Miss Bratt, um, pull the microphone. Pull it up closer. Pull it up closer. Pull the arm. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Pull it. Pull it again. Pull it again. Real, real close. So it's, it's directional. All right. I see. Okay. Good. Good. Yeah. Turn on her. You don't. You don't have her linked up there. Miss Bratt, go ahead. Testing. There we go. There we go. <laughs> Good morning. Introduce yourself. Good morning, everyone. I'm Bonnie Brathwaite. And as you heard from Elizabeth, who's our regional administrator, I am the division director for the supplemental nutrition programs that include food distribution programs. And you heard Elizabeth really kind of rattle them all off. FDPIR, TFAP, USDA Foods in Schools, um, CSFP, and also to one of our major programs, the WIC program, mm -hmm. and also a senior farmer's market and farmer's market program. Mm -hmm. Yeah, um, I used to work at WIC. You uh, did? Uh, so my student, they worked at WIC. My, my mom's worked at WIC when the program first opened uh, in 1974. Um, that's when the legislation was passed. Hubert, Correct. Hubert Humphrey, Senator Hubert Humphrey from Minnesota. And they actually have a 50-year anniversary tomorrow. Correct. But yeah. I think, you know, we heard from the um, from Lorna, who is the WIC director here, who says, you guys are 52 years because <laughs> you started the pilot in 1972. Yeah, yeah. We, we were, um, well, I, had, I was doing my research. My mom told me about it a couple of days ago. Um, our second elected governor, uh -huh. Cyril King, actually used to work for Hubert Humphrey back in the day. So I don't know if he got inside information about what Santa Humphrey was doing at the time. You know what I'm saying? Um, but uh, we we were, uh, the Virgin Islands um, was uh, a part of the WIC program um, from its inception, right? Normally, yes. normally when legislation is passed, it takes a while. There's a lag effect Correct. For, for the territories to be mm -hmm. uh, 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 incorporated mm -hmm. or a part of uh, federal programs, but... Um, with respect to the WIC program, which is Women, Infants, and Children, by Correct. the way. Um, uh, we were there uh, from the get-go, so uh, tomorrow's a big day uh, for them. Uh, 50 years. Correct. Uh, so we should now, be interviewing now, now, now you, sir. We should be interviewing you because we are looking for all of this footage to really uh, <laughs> celebrate the 50 years and, and the island's 52. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, no, what really happened was this, right? That was this. Um, former governor... Roy Schneider. He was also, before that, he was the Commissioner of Health. And the WIC program, um, being a part of uh, that department, Governor uh, Schneider stated that uh, the employees who working for the health department, their children going to get some jobs if they want them, right? Miss um, um, Patricia Farley Barnes uh, was the director for the WIC program decades here uh, in the territory. Uh, and so when I graduated from high school way back in the day, um, I worked at the WIC program, met a lot of uh, uh, students uh, who worked in other areas in, in public health right now. As a matter of fact, the Bank of St. Croix, um, the president, Ms. Um, Christiana Williams Furrup, she worked uh, uh, at the Department of Health as well. Uh, 
you know, that's when that's when we were better off. And I, I, don't, I <laughs> I'm just looking back at it and reminiscing and feeling grateful about it because uh, the WIC program uh, in particular is very, very important. I didn't even realize. Um, I just thought this was about, you know what, um, uh, folks who need support as it relates to uh, child nutrition, uh, um, postpartum, what have you. But the educational deal was, right. was absolutely valuable, Miss um, Brathwaite yes. and uh, Miss Silverman. Yeah, that's uh, an uh, important the, part of the, yeah. the program mm-hmm. is the education the screening, mm-hmm. the referrals to other services, mm-hmm. that's all part of why that, that program is so successful. Mm-hmm. You were going to say something about Bradwood? Yes, I just wanted to say, you know, some of the WIC programs are in health centers. So you find that you have the wraparound services. Mm-hmm. So it's not that the family is just coming for WIC. They may be coming for PD. They may be coming for social services. They could be coming for behavioral health. Mm-hmm. So there's a lot of services that wrap around so when the family leave what their needs are are being met mm-hmm. yeah. for me it was isomil uh. <laughs> <laughs> and, and things like things like that, that, that they were making because um, <clears throat> it's one thing to consume but it's even better to know what you're consuming and how it's uh, expected to impact you going forward you know the educational component is so important so I'm glad uh, that uh, um, the WIC program is celebrating our uh, 50 years. I know you're telling me 52. So I lo- I I'm just him. saying that because the director of the WIC program here, mm-hmm. Lorna, yeah. always said we cel- we are celebrating 52. And that's what I'm talking yes. about. Um, <laughs> I, I, I like that. So um, school lunch, um, the Department of Agriculture, critical with that as well. And working with um, our local Department of Education or Department of Health in that regard? Department of Education. Yeah, so talk a little bit about that. Um, um, the that, That's a, a, a absolutely vital uh, component of education here in the Virgin House yes. and throughout America. Yes, it is. Yes, it is. And uh, we're really working to make uh, meals even more nutritious. And there will be uh, some rules that will be coming out shortly that will... Uh, Realign the what's what's uh, a school meal looks like um, based on the dietary guidelines, and we're excited about that. Mm. It's just going to continue to move the needle in terms of making meals more healthy for kids. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's good. Farm to school. Farm to school. Uh, so currently, the Virgin Islands just received a six hundred million uh, six hundred thousand dollar grant. I'm mm-hmm. getting my millions and mm-hmm. thousands and billions confused this morning, mm-hmm. but. Um, so one of our goals while we're here is to be able to talk with the Department of Agriculture of what they might plan to do with that money. Can you get a little bit more detail what, what, what you're hoping to accomplish? Well, you know, with farm to school, there's... Just making the money available is just... A, that's, that's, right. a, that's an administrative right. thing. There's, there has to be an end game, an end goal, a purpose. And, and the goal is, is to connect the agriculture here on island with school systems to get even healthier kinds of food into mm-hmm. the school, yeah. but also to have an educational component in the schools, like I mentioned before, where kids are learning about where their food comes from. They may even uh, grow their food on site at a school garden. 
they they learn about the nutritional value of fresh fruits and vegetables. And so all of those things we see really having multiplying factor with kids as they grow older. They're more open to fresh fruits and vegetables and healthy food. That's good. Your actual title is? I'm the regional administrator for the Northeast region of the Food and Nutrition Service. Uh, we're, we're a part of the Northeast? You are, mm-hmm. yes. That, yes. In, that includes what states? So and, and Puerto Rico? No, it is not Puerto no, Rico. Not Puerto Rico, okay. No, we have the uh, six New England states. Yeah. New York mm-hmm. and the Virgin Islands. Okay. New England, New York, and the VI. Yes. Okay. I like I like that because uh, on my show, uh, I keep talking about this major migration that we, we, we experienced here in the Virgin Islands to New York that lasted 70 years from about eight, 1890s to the 60s. So, so this makes sense. Mm-hmm. But we've always been a part of the well, for the most part, um, we've always been uh, regionalized uh, with Northeast, with the Northeast, uh, and not the Southeast. Even though, from a proximity standpoint, we're actually closer to Florida and all that stuff. But mm-hmm. uh, I'm not surprised. Why not linked with Puerto Rico? Do you know? I do not know why they did that. No. Mm-hmm. It, in fact, uh, the Virgin Islands used to be part of a different region that mm-hmm. that does have Puerto Rico. Mm-hmm. Um, but they separated that out no. about four years ago, 2019. I'm cool with that. I'm cool with that. Also, right. with, with <laughs> no, with EPA, the, the, the EPA, we're actually part of, I think, Region 2, and that is New Jersey and New York. That's and right. Saying, you know That's what I'm saying? That's so, used to be. So, so I, yeah. I, I'm, I'm cool with that. Yeah. Um, Ms. Taggett, you just administrative support? Or pull the microphone up. Put on the headphones as well, Ms. Taggett. Be a part, be a part of the, the discussion. We're all good here. <laughs> yeah. Okay, what we're gonna do is we we'll let you situate. We'll take. We'll go to a break, right? When we come back, we'll uh, get Miss Taggett, uh, Cindy Taggett, to be uh, a part of the discussion. Uh, we've got uh, USDA, United States Department of Agriculture, Food and Nutrition Service here uh, in the studio. We got Miss Lizbeth Silberman, uh, Miss Bonnie Bradwitt, uh, and Cindy Taggett, who is going to uh, come into the conversation in a little bit. We'll be back right after this. Fresh start. The Bank of St. Croix provides in-person service, personal and business checking accounts, online banking, and mobile apps for banking on the go, a nonprofit community investment checking account, and a 24-hour banking cash management platform. There are two locations, one in Gallus Bay and one in Peter's Rest. The Bank of St. Croix has something for everyone. Contact a customer service specialist for details regarding our nonprofit community investment checking account. Member FDIC. He said that black smoke was constantly coming out of the burn pits 24-7. And my reaction to it was like, wow, that doesn't sound very safe. wonder what that's about. And in my mind, I couldn't imagine at the time that type of system operating could potentially harm our service members. Journalism that seeks and reveals. That's On Point with me, Magna Chakrabarty. 
Weekdays at 1 p.m. on WTJX FM 93.1, your NPR station in the Virgin Islands. How do we know words? How do we accumulate words? Writer Edna O'Brien. Are they there in us before we know them? She follows a quest many writers can understand. As if these words were the generators of some kind of magic. Authors, artists, sports, news, and maybe even some magic. Every Saturday on Weekend Edition from NPR News. Weekend Edition, Saturdays at 8 a.m. on WTJX FM 93.1. I'm Aisha Roscoe, host of Weekend Edition Sunday, where we're not just interested in what's going on in the world, but why it's happening and how. Details are important. So are different points of view. We're dedicated to bringing you the stories behind the big events and the small ones, too. Join us every Sunday morning for Weekend Edition from NPR News. Weekend Edition, Sundays at 8 a.m. on WTJX FM 93.1, your NPR station in the Virgin Islands. And we're back here at Analyze This, uh, doing some reminiscing with my uh, wake program days uh, back uh, in the 80s. And uh, we got uh, Miss Elizabeth Silberman, uh, Miss Bonnie Brathwaite, and uh, Cindy Taggart, who's going to uh, uh, join the conversation. Oh, good morning, Miss Taggart. How are you? Good morning. Very well, thank you. you. Introduce yourself to the audience, if you will. Yes, my name is Cindy Taggart. I'm the Regional Communications Director uh, with uh, Elizabeth and uh, Bonnie here. You're, you're based where? We're based in Boston. Oh, this is this is where you want to be this time of year, right? Absolutely. <laughs> we, we left the snow for this. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I had a snowstorm earlier this week, right? Yes, we did. Yeah, mm-hmm. you beat like, you beat the snow, or you or, or you, did you well, get caught in it? We it missed us. It just went by us, so we kind of lucked out there. Okay. But still, it's cold there. You, you lucked out. You lucked out. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> for those who are listening, uh, tell us what it's like in in, in Boston in, in the wintertime. It's brutal. It's cold. It's mm-hmm. windy. It's snowy. Mm-hmm. There's nothing redeeming about it. Wow. So I'm looking outside, and, and I don't see anything of what you're talking about right now. No, really. you have a beautiful view out there. <laughs> All right, so you're looking forward to um, being at the Ag Fest this weekend? Yeah, I mean, we, we came last year for the first time, and it was a wonderful opportunity to, co- to connect with uh, families and, and, and really interact with kids mm-hmm. and talk you know, about nutrition with them and kind of connect folks with uh the agencies here on the island uh, for services. So it was, it was a wonderful opportunity, and we wanted to come back and do it again. It is, isn't the Fest really an awesome setting when you, when, you, when, you're, when, you, when you look at it and then you're a part of it and you're you, you feeling, you know, that uh, state fear you know, for the most part? Yeah, you know, that was my initial thought. But, like, when, once you get there, you just see how involved and how engaged everyone is at the fair. And mm-hmm. there's so many activities, and everyone is so really into it, which is a little un- unlike the fairs in the, in the Boston area, yeah, I would say that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. No, no, this, this, our, our Ag Fest is uh, actually, per capita, is, is the number one uh, economic engine uh, for a three-day uh, event down there at the uh, Shelterman uh, Agriculture uh, Grunks. So, uh, TSAP, talk a little bit about that program. The TFAP program? The TSAP program. So, uh, here in the Virgin Islands, uh, there's a couple of distributions a year. 
Uh, and um, Bonnie may be able to give more details on that, but uh, it, it, we, we'd really like to see it grow uh, and be able to be um, more fundamental part of the community and distributed through food banks and, and pantries and, and things of that nature. But right now they're able to, uh, they have commodities that they purchase through USDA foods and they may other get, get other uh, donations as well. And those commodities are then distributed to families that need those kinds of services. Ms. 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 Bradford, you want to piggyback on that? Uh, piggyback on it in the sense that, so we are also here to really talk with some of the commissioners um, to really engage and also to expand this program, making sure that we have the right amount of storage so that USDA will get, that the Virgin Islands will get their full share of food coming in mm -hmm. to serve the population that is here in the sense of making sure storage is safe, um, the public safety piece of it is in there, and also to having the food available to the islanders no you, you bring up a, a, a good point um as it relates to the need for um accurate data correct right um we had a census our most recent census um had us um experiencing a significant reduction in population uh, from 2010 to 2020 um 106,000 plus down to 87,000. However, there are folks like myself who believe that that, that number is understating uh, because the, when they were conducting the the, um, the census that was in the throes of the, the pandemic, and so I believe a, a significant number, number of people were missed uh, for obvious reasons, lack of contact and all that stuff. So uh, inventory, and you, you mentioned that, uh, is very, very important because you wouldn't want uh, to not have the requisite uh, inventory for your population. So what happens in, if, in, if we were to find out uh, over time that um, we were actually uh, understocked? How do we go about addressing that? Who would we uh, communicate with? Our delegate to Congress or the, the agencies, or our local agriculture or education or, whatever, or governor's office? How would we go about doing that? Well, in terms of the stock and, and the food that is available, I think that's one of the reasons why we really want to shore up the Virgin Islands storage because they're not taking full advantage of, of the food that could be shipped down here. Um, so that, that is one of our goals is really to maximize the availability of our programs on the island. Mm -hmm. And that's one where we feel like there's more room for improvement. Ms. Bradford? So, you know, it, it's so hard because I, I think you hear my accent. So I'm an Islander mm -hmm. and, you know, not from St. Croix or St. Thomas, but knowing what the needs for islands is that this is one of my priorities and I'm not going to let it go to, to ensure that the islands get all that they need and even a little bit more because at the end of the day, um, the people here are also in need. So I, I think um, we have some work to do. Um, we are working very closely with the Department of Education. This is where this program sits. And um, we are working with the commissioner there. So hopefully we, we could get things moving. I know my, my boss, um, Elizabeth, has a, a meeting with the governor and some of these things will be discussed um, to really and truly how we move and really get to, to having the right amount of storage because 
without the storage, you can't bring the food in and you can't serve the population. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, and I'll just add that, you know, I, we know that part of their storage issue is related to the hurricane that hit back in 2018 and they're still trying 17. to... Was it 17? Yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah. so Maria and Irma. No, Maria and Irma, yeah. Yeah, and so... They, the, they, 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 they were uninvited. Yeah, they were. They were uninvited and, and they crashed and they stayed here for a little and, bit. And that's a and that's a really hard um, thing to come back from, and we recognize that. But but we also want to make sure that we get there in the short term and the long term some kinds of solutions to be able to uh, really shore up the mm-hmm. program. Miss mm-hmm. um Miss Brathwaite. It, it ain't where you're from, it's where you're at. Where you're at, yes, <laughs> that, is, that is so true. And, and that's, that's our rap, that's our rap. That's, 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 that's our hip hop slang for one of the great rappers back in the day. It ain't where you're from, it's where you're at. So your day I know, so we good, okay? I mean, um, this is the melting pot, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. So, so at least for the Caribbean. I don't know. By the way, the name of the, the program is TFAP, right? Yes, I, I had T-Fap. that wrong, right? It, it is the... The Emergency Food, food Assistance, Assistance Program. Program. Okay, T-5. By the way, um, you can go on the website, uh, the USDA website, uh, and click on uh, Food Nutri- FNS Nutrition Programs, and you'll see all 16 programs uh, listed uh, here. And it really is a, 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 a good site. They actually break it down. Uh, into a number of different areas. You got nutrition assistance programs, you got child nutrition programs, and then you have food distribution programs, right? Mm-hmm. So so that's good. We got uh, 16 uh, of them. I see a name here, the the Farm to School program is named after a former Senator Patrick Leahy. Yes. From Vermont. Yes. Right? right. He was big on this. This is his thing. It is his thing. Yeah. Uh, he's a he was a big champion for this program, mm-hmm. and it's it's grown quite a bit mm-hmm. since since that. He was one. Of, he was one of the better senators. He was just got a perfect demeanor. You mm-hmm. know, he wasn't into well. The Senate is just different from the House, anyway. You know, what I'm saying one is absolutely know, one is emotionally driven, <laughs> and, and, and the next one it has more statesman, a statesman, stateswoman type of approach. So, uh, I'm glad to see that uh, Senator Leahy uh, getting his. Uh, uh, well, at least they named the program uh, after him, right? The Patrick Leahy Farm to School Program. Yes, that's that's an honorable uh, thing. The Summer Food Service Program. I'm just having fun with these programs, so if you mind, you know. So um, important. Uh, summer isn't just about um, sending the children off to camps or or just going on vacation. Um, it's important that um, why because if parents are still working, um, that they get the appropriate and proper food service. Uh, during the summertime, right? Yes, yes. And you know, despite our best efforts, uh, it's been difficult to serve children during the summertime. Uh, the kids that are able to be fed through our uh, school lunch program, mm-hmm. uh, we only serve about one in six during the summer. No, that's not good. No, no. no. And so um, our traditional uh, summer program has been uh, the group congregate meals at community sites. So uh, maybe a camp or a school setting where there's also activities. And that's something that is still available, but we've added a couple more components that we're really excited about. So one is a um, grab and go or delivery option for rural communities. And then uh, the new program is the summer EBT program, uh, which is, 
hopefully uh, gonna, it's going to start in 2024 and be nationwide as soon as possible. Um, we're working aggressively with all our states, but what that is is uh, a, a benefit that will be available for eligible uh, kids um, that's similar to uh, you know, the other electronic benefits where they can use it at a, a grocery store. And they can use those at the same stores that they uh, redeem their SNAP benefits. Are you meeting with uh, any education representatives while you're here? Yes, yes, we are. As part of the governor's meeting, we'll be able okay, to talk to them about summer as well. And that happens when today or tomorrow? That is on Friday, so that's tomorrow. Tomorrow. Okay, that's good. Ms. Radcliffe, you want to say something? Oh, no. <laughs> okay. So, the name of the show is Analyze This. It's where we talk numbers. Uh, and we hear... One out of six, that's about 16.677% of those who are normally taken care of during the school year. That isn't just, that. that is, I was just restraining myself in temper, what I say. That is unfortunate. Yes. So we need, we need a, a whole new structure to get to those students, that, that 83% that's not being taken care of or not being fed. Yeah, and I think we're hopeful that Summer EBT will do that. Um, we've seen success with this as part of uh, the PBT program uh, that ran during the pandemic. It is different than that, but I think we saw that that was a really good program to reach kids when they were not in school. Mm -hmm. But we did a good job with that. Um, yes. We managed. We, we did a good job managing the pandemic here in the territory. I just got to yes. call a speed a speed. Yes. One of the things that the education department leadership um, um, I don't want to say they bragged about it but you know, they promoted and did a very good job doing it um, was Meals on Wheels and getting because we had children who were at home. Actually summer started in March uh, that year because schools were shut down and, and all that um, from a practical standpoint. Mm -hmm. uh, so the services that are provided while students are in school now they had to make adjustments, and one of that is feeding. So they set up some distribution centers, and they were delivering food and all that. So I think we could actually make that work if we were to look at that that program um, back in 2020 and incorporate some of the facets of it uh, to address yes. that 83% that is not getting the service. I think so. I think we learned a lot of lessons during COVID that we're able to carry forward. Okay. So um, we're excited about the opportunity to get summer EBT up and running. Okay, so we knocked out those three that are connected. Special milk program. Um, talk about it. So that's a very small program. Mm -hmm. um, and it's, uh, it's... Milk is chilling. I'm yeah. top billing. What more can I say? We need, yeah. need milk, man. Need milk. You know what I'm saying? We need milk. <laughs> well, so you have the, the school uh, lunch program and that also includes milk mm -hmm. but for those schools that don't do not pro provide lunch service there's a separate simply milk program mm -hmm. so it's really for school it's very limited in terms of who doesn't have any sort of meal program but, but, but it, was, it had to have been something but, that that uh, <coughs> created what they felt was a need for a special milk program. So something, something, something in the data, something that they saw where they, they, they I mean, you, you probably weren't there when it was created or you may have been there, I don't know. But for them to say a special milk program, that means something, something jumped out at them. 
to me. I think it's uh, it's sort of a holdover from when uh, back when it was first created. I think there was a need because the school lunch program mm-hmm. was not as prevalent, and schools weren't necessarily offering uh, meal services. Mm-hmm. And kids were bringing their lunch, and so there was this just the special milk program that was only about milk okay. and distributing milk to kids mm-hmm. during the school day. Also in this in this batch. But we've really seen it decrease in in um, just usage uh, over the years. So we got to fix that then. We got we got to get that back to to the, to the levels that we needed to. Because well, we've been focusing. Milk, I think milk is more just on milk, milk is milk is milk is is good for you. Absolutely, yeah. absolutely. But it is part of our school lunch program oh, okay. and school, and uh, so it it gets into the system that way. It's like an over. Uh, so it's an overlap. overlap so we've got the okay, the okay, full package with the with the with the school lunch, or just milk. Okay, good. I'll call it just milk instead. It's better special milk. And these are all under the child <laughs> nutrition programs, yes. right? We got yes. a child and adult care food program, the fresh fruit and vegetable program, which is something that we really should be uh, a leader. In here on the territory, in particular on St. Croix, with our fertile land and absolutely, you know, so that, that's something that uh, maybe that particular program could. When you have a uh, your conversation, you met with um, Commissioner Peterson yet? Today, uh, you, you meet with him today. Yes, Akil Peterson. You're gonna enjoy. Yes. You're gonna enjoy that conversation. Uh, he's very, very receptive, very, very knowledgeable. Tell him right that Neville James said that he wants special. Attention to be given to the fresh fruit and vegetable program for obvious reasons, and then he'll understand why. Talking about good morning, Commissioner Akil, uh, and all that. I know we got a school breakfast program, right? Yes. Um, that is also part of the. Uh, that's under the umbrella, the, the school lunch program, all that. Yes. Like, yes. Uh, that connection. Okay. Okay. Good. So we good. Uh, we're talking uh, with Miss Cindy Taggett out of Boston. They don't really pronounce it that way. They they don't pronounce it B A A S. What's it? B A A S T O N. Boston. That's like that's how you that's how y'all pronounce it, right? Right after, right? We got Miss Bonnie Brathwaite, division director, uh, and uh, Miss uh, Elizabeth Silverman. She is the regional administrator. Yes. Um, for for the USDA food nutrition programs, right? And Miss Target, you're the communication director for the same region. Okay, good. We'll take a break. Uh, great conversation. Be back. Um, touch on some more of these uh, programs. Uh, 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 like the, com- the Commodity Supplemental Food Program and Food Distribution Program and Indian Reservation. I'd like to talk about the, our Native Americans. We'll take a break. Be back right after this. News happens all week, all around the world. If you want to understand what this French election is all about... Four candidates are running unopposed, and three of them met reporters Thursday. Whatever the outcome of today's elections, the secessionist genie is out of the bottle. News, analysis, perspective, music, books, and sports, too. Saturday on Weekend Edition from NPR News. Weekend Edition, Saturdays at 8 a.m. on WTJX-FM 93.1. 
Human beings have been making music for tens of thousands of years. It brings us together. It has the power to communicate emotions and ideas. It's a profound part of the human experience. Hear the stories behind the music you love and new music you might fall in love with. I'm Raina Duras. Join me for in-depth interviews with artists who are continuing that musical history on World Cafe. Weekdays at 10 p.m. on WTJX FM 93.1. On Wait, Wait, Don't Tell Me, we are not afraid to stand up to the high and mighty like Jeff Bezos. He had that big cowboy hat on. (laughs) He looked like like a shrink ray had hit Garth Brooks. (laughs) I'm Peter Sagal. Join me as we speak truth to power, at least until power agrees to buy us out on Wait, Wait, Don't Tell Me from NPR. Saturdays at 1 p.m. and Sundays at 2 p.m. right here on WTJX FM 93.1, your NPR station in the Virgin Islands. He said that black smoke was constantly coming out of the burn pits 24-7. And my reaction to it was like, wow, that doesn't sound very safe. Wonder what that's about. And in my mind, I couldn't imagine at the time that type of system operating could potentially harm our service members. Journalism that seeks and reveals. That's on point with me, Magna Chakrabarty. Weekdays at 1 p.m. on WTJX FM 93.1, your NPR station in the Virgin Islands. And we're back here. I analyze this, and we've got um, Department of Agriculture, Food and Nutrition Service, uh, the big wigs uh, here uh, live and direct here in the studio. Uh, for those who might want to call in to ask them a question, the call in numbers are 718-4555 or 718-0761 if you have a question for Ms. Silverman, Ms. Bradwood, or uh, Ms. Ms. Taggett. So, um, Oh, by the way, don't forget, uh, you can hit the website as well, uh, www.fns.usda.gov, okay? That's www.fns, that's Food Nutrition Service, right? Yes. Right? That USDA, of course you know what that's for, and .gov, okay? And you'll see all the different programs here as well. So one of the programs is a Commodity Supplemental Food Program. Can you elaborate on that? Miss um, Silverman. Yes, I can. That that is a program that's designed for our seniors, who are in need mm. of of extra food, and uh, it's essentially again commodities that their uh, jurisdictions like Virgin Islands could purchase to be able to then distribute through nonprofits or other organizations directly to seniors. Mm-hmm. And that is not something that runs on the Virgin Islands. It is not. It does not. No. Can we get involved? Can we? Can we be included at some point? Or, or are we not eligible? No, you you are eligible. It, you know, we're always willing and um, excited to work with the territory to stand up any of our programs and to improve the programs. And so we would be happy to do that. I appreciate that. Thank you very much. Uh, for that now, the the the, uh, the Biden administration, mm-hmm. um, they've um, I had my good friend uh, Summer Sibley in here uh, yesterday, and um, they've established these food distribution networks 
um, nationally, right? And uh, the Virgin Islands, like I mentioned earlier, um, is a part of the uh, the region with uh, island and island and remote areas, right? And there's also um, a uh, region for um, the Native Americans, right? And and I see one of the one of the programs that you have here um, is for uh, programs on Indian reservations, right? Yes. Um, and uh, the council of state governments, of which I had, I was served a part of, you know, back in the day, um, the tribal. I think there, there, there's a there's a term that we use uh, that they establish for the different reservations that happen to be in this particular region. This region includes New York, you said, and um, the six New England states. Yes. And and uh, the Virgin Islands. Uh, we don't have a reservation here in the Virgin Islands, but what about if we if we have Native Americans who live here, how would how would that work? Uh, would they just fall under the Virgin Islands because we don't have uh, a, a, a designated area for uh, for reservation? Yeah, they would be eligible for all of our programs mm-hmm. through the state agencies. So they're eligible for SNAP that's administered by the Department of Human Services. So the way FDPIR works is it's it's an alternative to SNAP. Uh, for those tribes that would uh, like to offer a commodity package of foods mm-hmm. instead of a SNAP benefit. So it's an either-or program. And those those foods are <clears throat> hopefully tailored to the interests of the Indian uh, communities. Uh, so we've introduced a lot of Native uh, culturally appropriate foods uh, that are available as part of the package. Okay. So they would, for those Native Americans who live, might be living here, um, they would fall under the Virgin Islands umbrella, yes, absolutely. right? They're simply eligible. be simply because we don't have uh, a reservation here, a designated area, right? Right. right. No, I'm, I'm gonna give you some history. Okay. Right? So you can take back to your bosses to let them know. It would be in the government's best interest uh, to look at the Virgin Islands. Um, from a Native American perspective um, with a more receptive eye because uh, when this is documentation when Christopher Columbus apparently came to the region and he he made sure came ashore at South River there's an area over here on the North Shore we had Arawaks and Carib- Caribbean Indians that were here. You know what I'm saying? So there is some his- historical significance, right, here in the Virgin Islands. So we don't have reservation, but from a historical standpoint, you know, um, given uh, the true um, natives here in the Virgin Islands, it would be nice if they could look at some type of special designation for those because we're starting to see now, um, and I don't know if Ms. Brathwaite had noticed it, where our Taino, uh, well, our residents who be who are of Taino descendants and Caribbean are, they're actually standing up now and actually demanding that they be respected more. And this is just a part of my what I'm telling you today is a part of of, of them getting the proper representation and recognition, you know, from an ancestral standpoint. So I think if you if you could just let them know that there is a little, there are some things here 
that they may want to look at from a supplemental standpoint to, to provide uh, support uh, for us. Uh, 718 if you have a question for the ladies. they got about uh, five uh, more minutes. Let's get back to the <clears throat> to the program for our seniors, right? Um, that's the commodity supplemental uh, food program. Uh, how? What makes you eligible? Is an age? Uh, age? Uh, this is senior so, citizens only, or this is um, something else as it relates to your income and all that. Well, the the way the program works across the country is that the um, it can be set by the those that are distributing the program. So um, it's, it's so local, a limited the, the, the pot lo- of money. The local government has the ability to put a policy in place? Yeah, there's a lot more local control okay. in terms of how this one works because there's a limited pot of money that goes out to a state agency. And so they figure out, you know, how much they're going to give uh, a recipient and, you know, how many they want to serve. And so that kind of adjustment is made as part of their eligibility criteria. Now, we got a senior farmer's market nutrition program as well, right? Yes. How is how is that? Is that connected? Or that's that's a separate program. Separate program. You can use that at farmer's markets. Um, they'll get a voucher for right. a certain amount. It's a fairly small benefit, mm-hmm. um, but they can use it at uh, farmer's markets. Okay, good. And, of course, you have the farmer market, farmer's market uh, nutrition program as well. Yes, and that is associated with um, for WIC families yeah. as a supplement to their WIC benefits. Okay, good. Anything else you want to say um, before uh, uh, your excuse? No, I just really appreciate the opportunity to be here in the Virgin Islands to meet with the community at AgriFest tomorrow and to be able to lift Sa- up Saturday, our program. Saturday, Sunday, and Monday. Tomorrow. Oh, Saturday, Sunday. T- tomorrow. You, I've got my you days. Got, you got to work, work tomorrow. I'm you gotta sorry. Work to, you still got to work tomorrow. I'm yeah, sorry. yeah. No, tomorrow we're meeting with the governor, and yeah. that's very important, too, because yeah, yeah, I think tell the governor I say we have hello. a lot of important messages. Mm-hmm. I'm hoping to see Summer at the AgriFest. Oh, yeah. You're going to see that Summer. You know, but you're going to see yeah. everybody at the AgriFest. Uh, down there as well. Ms. That's Brad, the goal. That's the goal. Yeah, Ms. Bradwitt. Oh, no. Just thank you again for having us. And next year we'll be back, so please bring us back. Of course, and uh, Miss Taggett, um, glad to have you here from Boston. And uh, uh, maybe one of these days you can come out here uh, just for vacation. That would be wonderful. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, in closing, one of the things I try to always do when I talk with people is um, to, to see how we could get more young people involved in, 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 in what we do and get them educated because they're the ones, are, in particular our juniors and seniors in high school, they're going to be heading off to college, so they're going to be learning about um, self, more self-responsibility, and then they're going to be coming back home to work and um, looking at home ownership and all that stuff. Um, any advice for our uh, young people who are now maturing and, and going to be um, leaders and um, members of a productive society, a healthy society? I think just being active in the community and um, getting, doing good deeds through a variety of ways, right? Mm-hmm. Um, I think that is really important to be aware of uh, the, the communities and the world around us. So anything that does that, public awareness, public service, I'm a public servant for a long time, so I'm a big believer in that. Um, Ms. Bradford, we're going to have pamphlets down there at, at, at the fair 
you will have all because I know we're, yes. we're, we're in a digital world now and yes. we like to encourage people to Correct. to log on and do this but right. actual so hard copies hard copies t- tend to have yes to and me a more uh, personal effect than, than digital. And we have little trinkets too. We have things, you know, like whisk. We have frisbees for them to have the activities outside. So it's a lot of things that we, we do have to really attract the moms and the dads and the grandmoms. And mm-hmm. we want to come to the table and really have that conversation. We're also very close to the other programs, such as the SNAP program, the WIC program, the school lunch. All of the other agencies are close by. So if someone is not on WIC, we could just refer them right over, take them right over to that tent mm-hmm. to get registered. So Okay, that's yes. good. Yes. That's what I'm talking about. Well, thank um, Miss Lizbeth. I'm not going to ask you what happened to the E. Right? Liz, it's Lizbeth. It is what it is. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, I like that. I like that. <laughs> Lizbeth Silverman, Miss um, Bonnie Brathwaite, and uh, Miss Cindy Taggart for joining us on Analysis uh, this morning. They're going to be at the AgFest. Uh, this weekend, so look out, look out for the boot. You know what the boot is? Yes, we the Vida boot. The boot. Okay, yes. good, good. So look out for them and, and get a hard copy information so you can take it home and and read. And also, you know, for those who want to uh, have um, digital access, don't forget www.fns.usda.gov, and you'll see all 16 programs that Miss Silverman knocked out the park at the top of the show. Did a good job. Thank you very much, Miss Silverman. You. you got it. Thank you very much for joining us, ladies. Thank you. I'm looking forward to seeing you again in the future. And have fun with at your meetings tomorrow uh, with the governor and Commissioner Akil Peterson. Yes. And all that. Glad to have them here. That's the USDA um, Food Nutrition Programs. Of course, WIC. You know, you're near and dear to my heart. So, women, infant, and children. Okay? And, uh, and, and don't forget all that pamphlet information. That's the important part because knowledge is king, queen. Prince, princess, everything, and the more you know, the better off you are. So thank you, ladies. Appreciate thank it. You, you got it. You. That's uh, Miss Silverman, uh, Miss Brathwaite, and Miss Tiger. We're reaching out now to the weather service so they could uh, give us an update uh, as to what to expect uh, from a weather standpoint going into the weekend. Uh, we do have them on the line. Good morning. Weather service, who am I speaking with? Yes, good morning, everyone. This is Mitchell with the National Weather Service. Hey, Bobby, I mean, Mr. Mitchell, what's going on, man? Good to hear from you, man. Everything good, man. Everything good. How mommy? Mommy doing good? I was over there last weekend. See what I'm talking about? This is good yeah, news, man. Yeah, we there for a few days. I like I like that. Hey, look, the weather was nice uh, over the weekend, but a couple of days before that, we get rain between yeah, Tuesday and Thursday. Rain. Much needed rains. Much but, needed rains. And I, but, she told me the cistern got some, she got some water <laughs> in the cistern, so that was pretty good. And the island green, man. Lime green. I was surprised. You know what? <laughs> I was surprised. I went over there and I saw that, uh, I told the guys when I come back, I said, man, it's a little bit greener than expected, you know? <laughs> but it's a good thing. It's it, a good it, is, thing. it is a good thing. What are we looking at for the weekend? What we're looking at for the weekend, um, uh, all fair, fair weather skies, you know. Um, we have a, a frontal boundary, which is going to be, ha- you know, you can if you look at satellite imagery and all that, you can see it's uh, moving across the Atlantic right now, but it's going to get hung up just north of the islands here. And right now we have pretty much light winds. Uh, fairly dry in the low level, so uh, anything at all would be some very isolated showers, mainly over the waters and downwind of the islands. Like I said, the winds are pretty light at the surface, so what you'll have in the daytime is like the sea breeze uh, variations, uh, you know, um, you know, uh, during the day, and at night you get the land breeze where it keeps everything offshore. So, um, hey, but look, no, this morning coming in, it was low 70s, but it was nice yeah, this morning, man. Nice and cool, yeah. cool skies. 
good radiation cooling. You know, when that happens, it everything cools out and it's pretty nice. Um, so it's that's what you're going to experience for the next few days, all into the weekend. Um, however, we have a little weak troughiness moving across this afternoon today. Mm-hmm. But like I said, it doesn't have a lot of uh, low-level, you know, the moist tropical moisture in the area. So it's pretty dry. So anything that forms will be brief. Uh, might get an isolated shower here and there, but I don't see much for the islands uh, right well into the weekend. So we're looking at, a good, we're looking at a good, good weekend. Weather. Good weather. Good weather. I know they have, was it this weekend they have the, the fair, right? Of course. Yeah, of course. Culture fair coming up. Yep. Yeah, man. Yeah, so man. it should be fairly decent weather. Mm-hmm. Um, the driest conditions, I think, is even Sunday and through Monday, Saturday, Friday, and Saturday. Tomorrow and Saturday, you can see some isolated showers, but I don't expect significant amounts. It will be fairly nice weather, nice weather for the all through the weekend. Um, sea conditions, however, marine conditions. Yeah, the marine conditions. Uh, pretty nice, tranquil right now. Um, the winds are pretty much like about uh, five, say five to ten knots at most, and uh, one to one to four feet, uh, you know, offshore. And however. There's still a moderate risk of uh, rip currents for especially around the areas of St. Croix, the north and east sections, beaches of St. Croix and St. Thomas. And by Friday into the weekend, that's going to come up to about uh, possibly a moderate to high risk of rip currents. So you have to be careful out there, uh, especially the north and east coast uh, beaches uh, through the weekend, starting tomorrow, I guess, into the weekend. Robert Mitchell, um, awesome. Um Quick, quick little update uh, for the for the weekend. Uh, glad to have you here uh, yes. this past weekend. I'm uh, looking forward to talking with you again. Always good talking to everybody over there. All right? Yeah, man. Thanks a lot. Appreciate Take that. Okay, on. you got All it. All right, bye. That's, that's Robert Mitchell from the National Weather Service. Uh, he's actually a crucian. Um, we live up in the on the eastern side of Saint Croix, and we're glad uh, that when we reach out to um, the meteorologists in San Juan, they could give us an update. Whatever. So yeah, good weekend coming up. Okay, a little shower in between, but. Um, that's just to keep us honest. We'll take a break, uh, come back, and we'll uh, talk with Dr. Jessica Samuel from Real R E E L. No? R E E L. You got R E E L? R E E L is what it is. Okay, good. We'll be take a break and be back right after this. The views and opinions expressed on Analyze This are entirely those of the on-air participants and do not reflect those of the station's board, management, staff, or underwriters. Doom scrolling. Let's break that habit, folks. I'm Aisha Roscoe, host of Weekend Edition Sunday, where if you want to know what's going on in the world and why it matters, all you have to do is give your thumb a rest and perk up your ears. We've got the news, but we've also got curiosity, joy, and surprise. Tune in for Weekend Edition from NPR News. Weekend Edition, Sundays at 8 a.m. right here on WTJX FM, your NPR station in the Virgin Islands. From Carnegie Hall, two sensational divas got together to sing spirituals. Kathleen Battle and Jesse Norman. When I think of a spiritual, I think of hope. Everyone could feel what a moment it was. Enjoy how Kathleen Battle and Jesse Norman made history through the magic of spirituals on great performances. Tune in February 16th at 11.30 p.m. on WTJX-TV Channel 12. 